Hi, I'm Pete Seligman, and this is season four of my podcast, The Next Step. This year, we hosted the first ETA forum at Manly Beach in Sydney, Australia. So in this season of the podcast, I'll be sharing with you the audio from each session of the forum. At the beginning of each episode, I'll provide an intro to the speakers, and then at the end, I'll share with you the key messages and insights that I took from each presentation. If you were there on the day, these episodes will provide a good opportunity to reflect on your learning. If you weren't able to join us this time, even though you missed the networking, these episodes are a good summary of the content shared at the event. I hope you enjoy them. Seriously, I had a moment where I was sitting across the table having lunch with the CEO of the world's biggest or second biggest mining company. And I'm thinking, I don't want to be you. But then I'll, you know, when I reach out to entrepreneurs and, you know, I've had a chat with Tim and I go, I'd love to be Tim in two years, maybe. (laughs) But the people I reached out to, I go, that's who I want to be. I want to be that entrepreneur who's in control of what they do. So we've made it to the final session of the day at the ETA Forum 2022. It was a fantastic day of really interesting and diverse content. And also for the people that were lucky enough to attend an excellent day of networking that was only just about to kick on into the evening down at Manly Beach. But before we wrapped up, we were lucky enough to have Richard Hernan, who's the Managing Director of Broadleaf Financial Group, speak to us about his journey through search. And he used a framework that I guess I coined a few months ago with the four seasons of search, which is kind of talking about the fact that as you move through this journey from searching to acquiring to operating and then exiting, it really is like four seasons of a year because the challenges you face are slightly different. The approach and tone you need to bring as an operator or a searcher to that is slightly different. And so you need to make sure you're acknowledging the fact that the environment is changing as you make your way through those seasons. So Richard does an excellent job of overlaying his experience on that framework and I'll leave you with Richard now and he can take you through to the end of the day. If you do want to get a bit more insight into that metaphor of those four seasons, I'll put a link in the show notes that refer to exactly how I relate those four seasons to the journey of search. I hope you enjoy Richard's presentation. I can guarantee you'll probably hear a little bit of laughter on the soundtrack. It was quite entertaining in the room and a great way to finish the day. Hello to everyone I haven't met and Hello again to those I have. So Pete has done a brilliant job of what you want to do if you want to introduce something or a concept, you create it and you get someone else in to quote you. So so the four seasons of search is a metaphor that that I love, but it's a a Pete metaphor. So so, so what I'll do is I'll I'll take you through the framework of the four seasons of search. Um, I'm not up here to lecture or um, do any technical stuff. And then I'll overlay my, my journey um, over that. So if you indulge me with talking about myself for 30 minutes, that's, uh, that is the plan. Okay, so the four seasons of search, to quote Pete Seligman. So I'm not sure if anyone's seen this before, but in terms of those, trying, to, trying to have a framework and a, um, to, to the mindset of how you go through a search, um, having the metaphor of, the searcher being spring, so exciting times. Everyone's you know, getting into something new. Things are growing. Excellent. You know, and, but you can really get stuck in that stage of search. Um, and as you'll hear from my stereo, I was in there for a long period of time. So the objective here is to acquire a business, obviously. The next, the next uh, season is summer. That's when things really start to heat up. You're in the operating chair. And 
the objective here is to grow that business as part of, part of the search model. Then for however long that is, and the context for everyone is, is different, but there's a stage after that to say, okay, I'm building this business with the intent of one day selling it. Part of the journey along that, that sales process, if you like, is to step back from it. So the, the metaphor of, of autumn, you know, the leaves um, step, or falling off the trees. So we don't want to fall off the tree ourselves, but we, we want to step back from the business. So as a director, it's more about you know, that, that work on the business rather than in the business, which is the, the um, autumn piece. So you're delegating, you're stepping back. And then winter. So I think another good one to say, okay, we've, we've got a, we love this business. We've grown, you know, we've grown it for whatever period of time. It's become part of us. Well, it's a child that we're, we're growing. Now we've got to get pretty cold about the whole thing. I've got three children. I can get pretty cold about each one of them at, uh, at, at different points, depending on what they're doing. Um, but yeah, so that, that's about becoming dispassionate and, and, and putting the investor hat on and saying, okay, I'm looking to exit this business. How am I going to go about doing that? Okay, so that, that's the framework that I'm going to talk to and then tell you my, my story. Okay, so like I think from chatting with many of you last night and today, there's, if I think of the, the sort of the funnel of people coming through search, there's probably at the top of that funnel, there's that big decision about do I, typically it's, you know, everyone's got options here and they're typically highly skilled and they're thinking to themselves, well, when am I going to make this jump? Am I going to make this jump? So for me, that, that went on for a hell of a long time, right? So I'm in that camp of I, I want to own and run a business. I've got entrepreneurial aspirations. I want to do something. What is that? Um, in the meantime, I've got a formula around make yourself useful, right? Go and, go and learn. Get into a big corporate, respectable career. Learn as much as you can. Make your boss look good. And you'll get promoted through, right? And that, that's what happened to me, like probably happened to all of you. So it's, it's kind of too good to leave. So from the age of, uh, all right, I'm giving away the age. Uh, from, from the age of 30, I was, I'd, I'd, I'd gone over to the UK and saved up enough, enough money to, to buy into a business or what I thought was a business to buy into. When I came back, that turned out to be, you know, I, I could buy a cafe or a, a lotto kiosk or something like that, which I, I didn't think fitted the, the skill sets that I was, I was trying to develop. So there was that point at 30 where I've got, you know, there's dual income, no kids, um, smart time to get into search and, and saying, at this point, I don't know what search is. So similar to when Tim spoke this morning, it was, I was looking to buy a business that was more than I could afford on my own. So I was doing that with a syndicate of investors and this familiar story, I think, for, for everyone. So from that point, I've thought, oh, it's smart to work while you're searching and then Probably not so smart because there was about 10 years of that. So fast forward, I'm 40 and I've got three kids, um, the same ones I was being called about before, but you know, three great kids, boys, wonderful wife. And then, so now the kids are whatever they are, two, six and something. This is back. <laughs> now they're, they're, they're 15, 13 and um, nine. I do know the ages. <laughs> if, uh, you know, if that video ever gets to my wife, Yeah, yeah, good, good work. Um, so yeah, what I'm trying to say here is a massive decision, right? And I've had three, four cracks at getting out and I'm thinking, well, 
40 years old, if I don't do it now, and, and I don't think it was midlife crisis, it was seriously, this is what I want to do. I'm, 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 you know, as much as where I'm working, great players, great people, it's not for me. You know, I, I don't want to be, when I sit across, and seriously, I had a moment where I was sitting across the table having lunch with the CEO of the world's biggest or second biggest mining company, and I'm thinking, I don't want to be you. But then I'll, you know, when I reach out to entrepreneurs and, you know, I've had a chat with Tim and I go, I'd love to be Tim in two years, maybe. <laughs> but the people I reached out to, I go, that's who I want to be. I want to be that entrepreneur who's in control of what they do, right? I don't want to be the head of the mining company, which I won't mention. Okay, so anyway, made the decision. I'm jumping out. The, the point here was around, and I don't know if you can see it, but it's a big thing about milestones and enjoying the moment. So I used to fly a fair bit between with my job over to London and back. Um, so, so the last flight back, I thought... This is going to be the last flight back. So why don't you make the most of it, Richard? So, so you know, upgrade to first class. Let's, let's do this. And I'm, you know, I'm Richard from Thornley, which is, if anyone knows WA, that's probably the worst school, you know, and I, single, single mom, truck, truck driver, dad, all that sort of stuff, right? So, so I know poor. I can do that. And then I just want to experience a bit of both. So, you know, build up to be, be able to have the range to go between... Between the two, so let's let's test the top end. So you know, Emirates. I don't know if you've ever been on the A380, but they've got the nice showers at the front. So I'm like, yep, okay. Lovely air, air hostess comes around. What can we do for you? Uh, let's do the lot. So you know, so it was caviar, champagne, you name the cliches. And the whole time, you know, just thinking, looking down, going, yep, make the most of that because it might be five, ten, whatever years you're gonna, you know, you're really committed to what you're doing from here on. And I was committed before, but a you know, different thing. And then, you know, the shower and, yep, you know, Mr. Hernan, would you like the shower? Absolutely, let's do that. Uh, so, so anyway, that, that was the experience of jumping out. Um, I'd like to think it was a smart decision at the time to say, uh, you know, negotiate a package to at least have 12 months runway. So, so and the way I did that with, with my wife was to say, okay, it's going to take six months. Like I've done done the research, I've been around at brokers, I've looked at businesses, right? You know, and you laugh at me the average search time and all this sort of stuff. And you know, none of us think we're average. So if it takes twelve months, two years, it's going to take me six months. So Tracy, my wife, it's going to take six months. And look, if I screw it up, I've got six months to find to find a job, right? So I've got twelve months worth of worth of salary, effectively. So away we go. This will be easy. <laughs> Jump out of corporate life. All right. So it's part of that, and 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 Axe talked talked about this a bit around the self awareness and and so forth. So I went through an exercise, and and this was probably should have gone to a leadership seminar or whatever. But I was just sitting there one day and going, what? How do I want to design this? Right. This is my journey now. I'm in control of this. So what I came and and this was iterate, iterations and iterations and and, and so forth. But to me, it was about, you know, can become a millionaire, a billionaire, whatever that is. But it was about how can you make a positive impact on a million lives was the, was the thing I came back to. And then it came to be, you know, the Great Life Project. What does that mean to me? I don't want to bore you to tears with it. But it was about, you know, building something tangible that my, my kids and my grandkids would be proud of. Okay. Building Australia's best service business. And people say to me, don't you mean financial services business? I said, No. I'm going to aim for that, and if I miss it by a mile, we're still going to achieve some amazing stuff. So let's let's do that. And then there was stuff in there um, around you know best self, which was elite fitness, 
um, and, and learning machine, which was just learn as much as you can, which was a, um, a, a thing before that and family and so forth. So anyway, that, that was a framework that I sort of went with. And then no other reason to try and make someone laugh if you stare at that, you stare at the owl and, and the ears. But this was on a serious note saying, well, you know, if you keep your eyes open and, and your ears open and really just try and learn as much as you possibly could, and this is me talking to myself, right? That, that's what I'm trying to do. And, and that's what I was trying to do through that. So we're still in spring, the search journey. We're just about to get to the start of the search. But, um, and this, so the quote from Otto von Bismarck, if you know your, know your history, so any fool can learn from experience. The trick is to learn from other people's experience. So what I tried to do, even before I jumped out of the corporate world, and then certainly after I jumped out of that, was to say, who's done this before? Right? I'm not trying to do anything that hasn't been done before. And I, so I went and met with, there was probably three or four people in Perth who had acquired a handful of businesses. And, and that's initially I was looking to acquire businesses with a syndicate of investors. So that was immensely valuable. And, and what, what we've got here today is that you, know, you could go around and talk to numerous people who have already done it. So instead of ringing around and doing that, you can do it. So, so this is back in 20, late 2015, early 2016. Um, so I didn't know search was a thing. Uh, maybe a couple of years after that, um, there was Search Funder, which is an you know, amazing platform that probably everyone's on. Um, so I, I dug out of one of my emails this, you probably can't see it, but there's basically no one on there. You know, there was two, 200, 250 people in the US. There's nothing in Australia. So, but great platform. Um, and then what I was trying to highlight here was far out, you know, it's 240 odd people 135 in the room, that community has just, you know, grown grown exponentially. And, and we'll probably all, all give ourselves a hard time and go, oh, you know, it's it's immature and whatever. But from from zero to 244 um, is is huge. And I think you know, Pete, Ack and Louie and Jake Nicholson, uh, those guys I you know, saw around and saw evolve. And I, you know, for five minutes, I had this thought of going, oh, why don't I build this community of searches in, in you know, Australia? And I was, I was probably smarter than you guys. I thought, that's too hard. I just, uh, I'll get on doing my thing. Um, so anyway, that's, that's where we were. I then could reach out to the guys in America. And, and that was game changing because I could then come across, I come across entrepreneurship through acquisition. Oh, this is a thing, right? This is what I'm trying to do. So I've got a structure around it with investors, What's fair? What's not fair? Okay, here's here's a proven proven model that's been around for thirty years. Here's here's the returns. So again, at that point, I thought, ah, oh, game over. I've got this covered. So because I've just got to show them show them the model. Yeah, not the case, right? So you're still trying to educate investors about this stuff. But anyway, that was on the investor side, and then on the on the search side, I started started wide, looking at, and I said, I'm I'm passionate about business. It doesn't matter if it's a concreting business or whatever, you know, as long as it's ethically the right thing. Um, and, and on that front, later on, I thought, no, no, to achieve the aspiration I had before about the, the impact on the million lives, it has to be something of you know, service. It needs to be impactful. And, and so I, I looked at a lot of different businesses um, and then I narrowed that down to service businesses. So it was education where I got really close to, and, and before that, I got close to some wholesale distribution Deals where offers accepted didn't quite get across the line, um, and then then education, which I thought was a great industry, and some guys have successfully acquired in that space. And again, offer accepted, um, 
one in due diligence, I've stepped away from it. So you know, difficult conversations and moments in time where you, you know, I remember each of those to be going, all right, you've got a call because there's something a bit deceptive going on with one or I get the phone call saying for whatever reason, you know, this, we, we don't want to go ahead with the deal. Okay, so that was, that was education. And through this period, so through this period, it was so, you know, I've told Trace it's going to take six to 12 months. We're probably, you know, 12 to 18 months in. And, and I'm there thinking, well, you know, the clock's ticking. She's going to at some point say, you know, that's it, Richard. Um, but beautifully, she hadn't studied economics. So there was no such thing. There's, there's no such thing as a sunk cost fallacy, right? So, so the deeper I got, the more she's like, well, you're going to make this work, right? Because now we're, we're in it deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, okay. And, and, but as she'd say, it'd be like, you're going to make this work, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I've got this. Uh, anyway, so there, we've talked a bit about psychology and mindset in the different, um, in the different panels. But I, reflecting on this to come and speak in front of you, I was thinking, what were the tools and techniques that I used? And far out, I thought, I'll only share some of them with you because I thought this, this guy, thinking about myself, this guy's a bit crazy. What's he up to? Um, so as I went through, I just felt with, with a search, there's not much tangible progress that you can show. So somehow I was thinking, you've got to have, you know, you've got to have the hobbies or different things that are going on in your life that give you that, that release and the, the sense of tangible progress. So for me, it was, and I heard Nick say before about he took up running. He, I think he ran 235Ks. I was more sensible. I ran a couple of marathons. Um, but I'd also create these crazy fitness challenges. And, I, and it was about my kids as well. I said, look, you know, you, guys, you can do anything as long as, and it's just this, this thing around cumulative. So if, if you just do a little bit and just improve on that slowly over time, you'll achieve something more than what you think you can do. So you know, that translated to crazy, uh, just, just in this room, crazy chin-up challenges and things like that. So I'd go, okay, so what can I do? And if I just do one extra one a week, what would that take me to? And, and you know, one of my sons was like, oh, no, you won't be able to do that. So I just kept doing that while the search was going on. And it turned out I'd broken unofficial world records. <laughs> there we go. If you ever want to, ever want to do one of those. How many did you do? Oh, it was 51 in a minute. So no one will believe that, but that, that's what happened. Um, so that, that's the physical stuff, which also gives you, a, you know, there's a release and endorphins and whatever else. But then there was a mental bit around, okay, what's the challenge of, I'm not going to listen to the radio, I'm going to listen to podcasts, or I'm going to listen to audio books and, and doing all those sorts of things. Just to, So what I found was, even if this ends in nothing, I'm going to have learned a, a truckload of, about the deal, M&A, myself, all that stuff, but I'm also going to have educated myself with, with lots of different things. So that, that was the maintaining sanity. And then the energy to go again was about each time you have that deal that you're close to and you've been in it for three, six, nine months and you've, you can see yourself in that deal. You can see, you know, because you think, think at the time as well financially, not going great for me. I haven't been paid. My wife's not, not getting paid. Um, and then the deal falls over. How do you go again? So, so for me, it was a progressive thing of the first one. I think one of the guys was saying he was crying on the floor. I didn't quite get to crying on the floor, but it was a, it was a bit of just going, oh, what am I going to do? And then I just prided myself from that moment on to be able to say, you know, what's the, what's the time period between one falling over 
and me being fully focused on the next one and just build that muscle around, let's just go again. And so that, that was a big part of so the, the energy to go again and, and the sort of resilience that builds up. Okay, the, the kind of juggle you go on with for any searcher around, and, and I think Tim put it up on the screen earlier, or, or, or Jake around, you, you're juggling the investor piece, you're trying to find the opportunity, and then you've got, you've got the bank in there as well. So just to share the story around walking into, so I had a syndicate of investors when we were doing the education business, and, and that deal was, was, you know, was across the line a couple of times, they were right in. And then we pivoted to financial services. So what Broadleaf does is financial planning. So the syndicate behind them, behind this had a couple of accountants in that syndicate, and, and they assured me that was okay and you know, there, there was no real conflict. So when we got to the point of settling on the first transaction that, um, that, we'd, that we'd found, I got the phone call the night before to say we've had a board meeting and we're, we're going to have to step out of this because one of the directors thinks there's a conflict. So, so I've gone from, you know, in the juggle, I've, I've caught the deal, I've got the, <laughs> I've got the investors, I thought, and then that goes away, and then the you know the kick in the nuts irony the next morning where I'm walking into a meeting and it's one of those moments you remember where you were. I get the call from Macquarie Bank saying, "Yeah, Richard, great news. You know, we've all the finances approved." I'm like, "Oh yeah, thanks, James. Yeah, it might be a little bit of a hold up, um, but yeah, we're good." So, <laughs> hang up the phone, and I'm sure I called called Nick afterwards to try and start the syndicate again because we had all the funding, and then I got to start from scratch with. Um, with a deal on the table, so let's go back to go back to the the, the vendors of that um, that business and say, guys, there's a bit of a hold up. It's going to be a good thing for you. Here's how. Uh, I don't know what I said there, but anyway. And, and then it was raise the funds again. So we raised the funds again. You know, commitments to do it, but because we're in financial services now, financial planning, and there's a there's a commitment to you know how close you are to those clients. And and what's happened in this space over the years is. There's some big corporates have come in and done the wrong thing, and where's so so all the the vendors of these businesses are saying, well, how can we guarantee? How can you guarantee us, Richard, that you're going to be there? Like, why? How are you not going to get pushed off your bus? You're not going to have and and as soon as they heard private equity or anything like that, they just like don't want to be part of this. So uh, my co-founder and I'm rushing through different stories, but along the way, I joined up with a co-founder who had deep experience in financial planning and financial services. So that was, so I went from that solo search to the, the um, partnered search, which was you know, game changing for me and, and with his industry knowledge was a, was a great thing. But I just mentioned it because the morning of a meeting we had with a US investor, we both came into the office at the same time after, after the meeting, you know, early morning from home. And then we meet up and both of us just said, look, they're the wrong type of investor for what we're trying to do. So What's, what's the issue here is time and the fact that now I'm going, getting on to two years of not being paid. So I've gone through my 12-month cushion. I've got my share portfolio that's rapidly just about gone. Um, if, if we didn't have any of those constraints, what would we do? And we said what we would do is have a wide shareholder base. So then it's, again, meaningful progress over time. If someone wants to exit, that's fine. We, we never have this issue again. So we both we agreed. Um, I was going to think about how I'm going to tell my wife, but anyway, so, so this could take another however long. So the reason I put this picture up is so after going through the 12-month cushion, the share portfolio, 
the line of credit. I was getting towards the end of that, and, and by this stage, we were really close to settling. So we've had the, had the deal being juggled. That's, that's fine. We've got that you know, funding, and we're meeting with the executives for Macquarie Bank, and, um, and I haven't met with them before. Dean knows them pretty well, but I'm thinking, you know, this is a big deal because we're having lunch with them. The, th the guys, M&A guys flown over from Melbourne, catching up, with, catching up there, so really important. In the meantime, a friend of mine had told me, because I hadn't been paid for a period of time, and you've got kids, back to my, back to my kids, this is where they, they pay for you. So you, you're entitled to like a parenting allowance or something. And because it was over a long period of time, I could go on, I just had to fill out some paperwork, get some money, but you've got to go to Centrelink, which is hopefully no one's been there that's in this room. So you go along, I'll get there first thing in the morning so I don't have to deal with some long queue of people in the doll or whatever they might be. Get there, and as always happens in these places, computer crash. So computer crashes, I'm there for an hour and a half, coming out, and the whole time I'm sitting in Centrelink thinking, yep, this is where you find yourself. So just <laughs> be, be real about it. You know, you know, that's, that's the situation. So go in there, sign the forms, that's all good. Come out, and this is the scene I find, right? So this is, this is my car being wheel clamped. <laughs> and, and on the ticket, was the wheel clamping was done five minutes before I got there. So, you know, the, the, the uh, system crash has just has smashed me there. So the big burly security, I get a call the security guy, 170 bucks, thanks very much. But I, I sort of highlight this one because I think about it often and go, there, there's a couple of ways, or there's probably many ways, but two ways I could have gone from there. One would be lying on the floor crying. Um, and the other way was, and I, I think this was the mindset of, that I developed around, I was just sort of laughing to myself going, this, this is quite funny. Take, take a photo, because one day, you know, and here I am, putting, <laughs> put, putting it on the slide, you know, and I thought at the time I'll put it in my book or I'll do something or some you know, rubbish that I talk to myself. But, but there wasn't a second where I thought, oh no, you know, what was me? Because then, which the powerful thing of that came to, I went to the lunch and I've gone from, you know, wheel clamped, 170 bucks at Centrelink to stand, you know, sitting there having a lunch with the execs from Macquarie saying, guys, this is our plan. I need 50 million bucks from you. This is what we're doing. And, and the level of having to say, and I wasn't thinking at the time, oh, you've got to be confident about this or whatever. But if I'd walked into that meeting and said, guess what happened to me this morning? Do you reckon, do you reckon I'm standing here? Don't, don't think so. So, yeah. Stories. Spring. <laughs> We're through spring. It's global warming. That was a bloody long spring. So, so it took me three years to get through that period. And, and some people go, oh, I wouldn't have changed it for the world. You know, it was, I, I learned so much. You know, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> three years. I, I reckon 12 to 18 months is a good time to learn about yourself and push through things and resilience and whatever else. Okay, so I'm done, with, I'm done with that. We're in the summer. So now we're operating. So Broadleaf Financial Group. So we're, we're invested in financial planning businesses and it's a multiple acquisition strategy. So feel like a bit of a pretender talking about search, but given it wasn't really a thing and so forth, I'll, I'll take the pass on that. Um, so what we've done is we've built, built this model, which we say there's three parts, fund, partner, and serve. So fund is still capital raising. We continue to do that. You know, if you've spent three years doing it, why not carry on? And, and equally partner, it's a multiple acquisition search. So again, you know, we've learned some stuff along the way. So let's, let's refine that. Let's build it and, and go again. Um, and then the serve is how can we help? So, so that's about once, 
once we're operating with those businesses, we're in there helping them. And again, this isn't supposed to be a big thing about Broadleaf, but to give you, give you context. My, again, overlaying my experience of what I found, and, and it was, I guess, reassuring to hear quite a few other people in different panels saying the same thing around whoops, the, the MBA book would, would say, get in there first 90 days and smash it out, change everything. The search book says, you know, your first 90 days or first six months, whatever it is, don't go and smash things. Go and, you know, try not to touch anything. So I like the Jack Bogle from Vanguard's quote about don't just do something, stand there. So my experience was softly, softly, people think you're going to come in and take the, take the fruit bowl, the newspaper away, all sorts of crazy stuff you see in, in different places. So again, my experience was be patient. P personalities are completely different across different businesses. Learn the personalities and, you know, and, and work with them. I, I like people, I like supporting people, so it was a kind of a natural thing to me, but I've seen other stuff where it's not worked that well. Uh, and then it was about what role to play when, you know, learn it, that, that patient sort of strategy for that. The good and the bad. So I just asked to, to share with you some of the, the good and the bad pieces of, of, of the story. Um, and I'll, I'll start with the bad. So we're in, we're in the people business and law of large numbers will say you're going to have all sorts of stuff happen. You're going to have alcoholism. You're going to have gambling. You're going to have mental health. We fortunately, there's no wood there, but we haven't had much of that yet or any of that. But what we've had is health. So we've been smashed by uh, two massive cancer issues. So one of our key people had cancer and, you know, and again, you, you think, it doesn't get much worse than that. He got through it, awesome story. And then three months later, the, one of our other key members of that business, so the two, the two leaders of that business, the other one gets a phone call from the doctor for about his 16-year-old son who got diagnosed with lymphoma. So he's stepped, and his son's you know burly guy, plays footy, awesome kid, and he's straight off to hospital next day, never re-enters the, the business in that same role. So it's just, you know, everything's going smoothly. Off he goes and, and the son playing football's gone from, you know, what he was to dad's carrying him, you know, and he's, uh, you know, and he made a commitment to him that he wouldn't leave his side for, eight, you know, it ended up being 18 months, but I won't leave your side while you're going through this. So even though that's a bad, super, super proud that we were involved with helping facilitate that and doing, you know, under duress, how do you behave in those situations? So the, the great news is he's, he's in remission now. So, you know, that's an excellent, excellent result. In the same, through the same period, I lost two close family members through cancer. So it's, you know, a cancer thing. What are the odds of getting four of those? That's the bad. On the good, a cheery note. The, uh, so the, the quality of the people that we're dealing with in the, again, people industry, but that's, that surprised me on the upside, right? The quality of people and how they care and, and having them involved as leaders and owners of the business, which is part of, again, I'm going into the detail of it, but they're material owners of the businesses that we operate. So the regulatory tailwinds that we've had behind the business, that's been a, you know, a, a huge help for us. And then the opportunity in, in the financial planning space has been has been huge. So what I wanted to highlight was there's going to be surprises. People say, well, what, what were you surprised by? 
And I'm like, well, not really surprised because I'm going in there thinking there's going to be a whole heap of stuff that I don't know about. But it's there's not just bad surprises, there's good surprises. So it's that balance of going into it, going, well, I'm going to be open-minded, I'm going to risk mitigate everything I can, but there's going to be stuff that just goes on. So this was the, you know, the Mike Tyson's trainer about, you know, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. And then, <laughs> then it looks like this. So, so that's my experience. Um, hopefully you guys have more got the top experience and hopefully from now on, I'm on the top one. So on the good news, so this was just, again, to give you a sense of, of Broadleaf. So we started with a plan. So you classic business plan. We say over 10 years, this is what we're building. So way back in 20, 2018, we did a foundation round of $3 million across 20-odd investors. Um, and then we, we're now into well, end, of, end of 22. So at about two hours ago, we, we settled our eighth transaction, I think it is, and in another two weeks, there'll be the ninth. So we're starting to starting to roll after that extremely slow start. And where we, we projected to be at, at year 10 was about 20 businesses. Um, but the more important thing to me is the, the 20,000 client families. So if you think back to the positive impact on a million lives, my KPI is that one client family probably impacts at least 10 people. So I'm saying you know, that we're looking after the life savings of, of these people. Currently, we're looking after the life savings of about $2 billion or something like that, So, which wows me. I'm like, that's, that's a bit of money. Um, but the important thing to me is going back to that metric is saying that's 200,000 lives we'll be positively impacting by 2029, and hopefully I'll be around a hell of a lot longer than that, and then I've just got another 800,000. So hopefully if I can make someone laugh in the room or smile, I'll, uh, I'll count you guys as a positive impact as well. All right, we've finished summer, then autumn. So if you think back to this is us stepping, stepping back from the business, the way we like to think about it um, in Broadleaf is around the hats that we're wearing. So the in the business, wearing a heap of hats, once you get on the business, you're starting to think like a, a director, an owner. Um, we, we sort of oscillate between the two because we, we come in to help but not interfere in the business. But if they need our help, then we're sort of in it a bit closer. Okay, so that's, that's autumn. And then winter, stepping back from it. So the, the idea of any search investment is to exit at some point. We've kind of, in a way, bastardised the system or the, the model to suit our own because once we got into the financial planning piece, we've said we want to build an exist strategy, not an exit strategy. So our way of giving people the exits was to have a wide shareholder base. So, so I don't have experience of exiting myself, but what I've got experience of is seeing the exits from older owners that we've helped facilitate. So there's probably five or six exits of older owners. There's probably, I think, eight um, next generation leaders coming through. So again, we're helping almost like learning from search to say, how do you find great entrepreneurially minded people and help them to be owners and leaders in a business? So we're kind of doing a mini version of that within our own business, if that makes sense to anyone. So that's the getting grey and grey, just like me, and out of the business. All right, closing thoughts. We're just the real, the real key one I wanted to emphasise was the, for me, the rewards are well and truly worth the risk that I took. And and at the time, it was very much a, if this doesn't work, what have I learnt? Like it's, you know, I think I've got the skill set to go and get a job 
better than what I had before because I've now learned all these things. So it was, yeah, it was all about that. So on that note, thank you for indulging me for 30 minutes. Over to Pete. Thank <laughs> you.